Buy wisely. Buy for flavor. Buy Del Monte. Del Monte, the brand you trust for flavor in so many good foods. Time now for Rocky Jordan, brought to you by Del Monte Foods, the brand preferred by more women than any other line of canned fruits and vegetables in the world. far from the Mosque Sultan Hassan in Cairo stands the Café Tambourine, run by Rocky Jordan. The Café Tambourine, crowded with forgotten men, alive with the babble of many languages. For this is Cairo, where modern adventure and intrigue unfold against the backdrop of antiquity. Del Monte presents Rocky Jordan and this week's story, The Diorite Bowl. I had just opened up the tambourine that morning and was back in the kitchen glancing over the menu for the day. Chris, my bartender, came in, nodded toward the front, said somebody wanted to see me. So I went out through the cafe, and there at the door, peering nervously in from the street, stood a skinny little girl, 12 or 13 maybe, dressed in the robes of the fellaheen. A small vessel was touched in her hands, and what I noticed most was the strange look of anxiety and fear on her soft, round face. The same fear sounded in her voice. Oh, kind of Fendi Jordan. Uh, that's me, little lady. What can I do for you? My my father sends his humble regrets that he could not come today. Your father? El Mamad, he who brings the honey. Oh, El Mamad, of course. Well, he's told me all about you. I am the daughter, Sharon. If you will take the honey. Sure. Come in, Sharon. Come in. No, no, I cannot enter. I will go now. Well, wait a minute, Sharon. We got some money coming, remember? Oh, the money, yes. Crying words on his lips, he must have chosen too. Because for him, they had meaning. It was my job to find out their meaning. At headquarters, we put tracers out on the murdered man. Who was he? If we knew that, maybe we'd know why he had to die. And in the morning, I went back to the sixth floor he'd wanted. I had Markovan's list of the tenants in the three apartments on that floor. I rang the first bell on the list. What do you want? You're Miss Conrad. What do you want? I'm from the police. Who is I it, want. Martha? Who is it? Don't you think you'd better tell her? Martha, how dare you not answer me? Who is it? And don't tell me it's no one because I heard you whispering. Who is it, Martha? It's the police. Oh, oh, how wonderful the police! But well, isn't that the end? Show them in, Martha. No. No, wait, darling. First, I want to paint my face. Come in. But I... It's all right. She's already done her face. Come in. Down this hall, please. No. No, don't come any closer. I want you both to stand right where you are. Especially you, policeman. You're Miss Conrad. Mary Conrad. You may call me Mary. Because Mary's a grand old name. <laughs> Martha. Yes. Martha, get the policeman and me something. A libation, a morning martini, anything the policeman wants. Don't but go I... away, Martha. <laughs> you afraid to be left alone with me, policeman? Miss Conrad, a man was murdered in this building last night. Murdered? In this building? That's the end. 
Martha, did you hear what the beautiful man said? He got in the elevator and asked for the sixth floor. Was it you he wanted to see, Miss Conrad? The policeman must want a drink. No, Mary, he wants to... Do as I say, Martha. Don't be angry with me, darling. Just always do as I say. Now, where were we? Oh. Oh, yes, the murdered man. Who was he? We don't know, but I have a picture. A picture? How wonderful. Gimme, gimme, gimme. Here. Mm. Very distinguished. So dead. So horribly dead. Do you know him? Uh, would it make it easier for you if I did, policeman? Do you know him, Miss Conrad? I'm sorry, dreadfully sorry. We don't know this man, do we, Martha? Do we? No. No, we don't know him. Where were you last night, Miss Conrad? I was here all day, all evening, all night. I didn't go out once. Did I, Martha? No. The commotion in the hall when the man was found, it didn't wake you? Did it wake me, Martha? No, you slept very soundly. You sleep in the same room with Miss Conrad, Martha? Well, I... <laughs> Policeman, you talk to Martha as if she were a servant. But I thought... <laughs> That's dreadful. Of course Martha's not a servant. She's my sister. Isn't she the end? Maybe I said something after that. I don't remember. What I do remember is waving my jaw a few times and trying to smile and give the impression of... Of course she's your sister. What else? Then I left. The apartment door across the hall had a nameplate that said Jonathan Quill and was equipped with a door knocker, a brass dragon sticking his tongue out at me. I lifted him up and pushed his face against the door. And then it happened. The door swung open. I stepped inside. How was I to know I was standing in the middle of a train crossing? Jump over it, boy. Jump over it. You want to get hit by a train? Oh, yeah. You sure had a narrow escape now, didn't you? <laughs> Could have taken off a toe. Yeah. Hey, what goes on? Look at it go. Oh, the exact replica of the super chief. And almost as fast. Oh, I always wanted to be a brakeman, boy. Became a millionaire instead. What did you want to become? A millionaire. I got to be a policeman instead. Glad you came. Never had a policeman watch for trains. <laughs> Never thought about asking one. Well, now that you're delighted, Mr. Quill, I hope I won't do anything to break up your fun. I'm a policeman. Come to see about a murder. Yeah, a murder? Where do I throw the switch? Maybe it's none of my affair, but if you're in trouble, I'd like to help. Uh, Fendi, I deeply respect your most gracious friendship, but what transpires is not for you. The man following wasn't one of your people. I beg you, concern yourself no more. Who was he? What do you want? Why are you locking yourself up in this house? Uh, all right. Maybe I'd better drop it. Oh, wait. Forgive my poor hospitality. I will have Sharon prepare the coffee. We will drink together. Huh? Do you think you better answer that? Yeah, maybe I'd better. No, no, I will answer. He moved hesitantly to the door, slid back the latch, turned the knob, and cracked it just a little. And all at once, the door slammed open wide. Propelled ah! by the heel of a hulking Turk who strode heavily in. He had thick, sneering lips and a long, pointed black mustache. His huge hand held a small gun. I have come, El Mamar. I, I pray you go from my house. What's this about, mister? Who is the American? His name is Jordan. He has no part in this. He will most wisely keep it so. Now, where is it? I I cannot tell you. You know of what I speak? The bowl. Get it quickly. Please, if you would but go away and return at another time, then I will be ready to... What is this you say? Did you not make the agreement? It's... 
It is as you say. However, I need must have more time to think. But a little more time. There is no more time. Give it to me. But, no. But I cannot. Then I... I will take it in my own way. Perhaps it is on the shelf. No. I swear it is not here. Please, I beg you. Yes, so soon I will see. Mama, what's this all about? What's he looking for? Effendi Jordan, I cannot tell. I cannot tell. Enough! Oh, well, Mama. You choose to make it difficult. Very well, I will return. Very soon. For the last time. What does that mean? You, Jordan, will come with me back into Cairo. I do not wish you here. I do not wish you here. At all! I don't argue with a gun, so when he waved it toward the door, I went out with the Turk right behind me. He got in the car beside me, and he didn't say any more as we drove back into the city. As we honked our way through a crowded street not far from the tambourine, he was suddenly out of the car and gone. In another five minutes, I was back again in the tambourine and headed for the phone. Just before I got to my office, a man seated at a back table spoke to me. A moment, Mr. Jordan. He wore the fez of the upper-class Egyptian, and I decided not to pass him up. It is most important, Mr. Jordan. Could it wait for a while? I'm afraid not. I am Kasha Bey of the Egyptian government. Ministry of Antiquities, Mr. Jordan. I see. What can I do for you? Uh, Please sit down. I will explain as quickly as possible. (laughs) Now, Mr. Jordan, is it possible that you have ever heard of the Diorite Bowl? Doesn't mean anything to me. A most wonderful relic of ancient Egypt. Fourth dynasty, almost 5,000 years old. Small, but of great value in its proper place. Well, that's very interesting, but how does that concern me? Please, I will continue. Uh, There is such a bowl now in the Egyptian museum, but we have a strong reason to believe that there is still another, equally as valuable. It was unearthed recently, quite by chance, by one of the fellahin while tilling his soil. I follow. Go on. Uh, It is the law that all such relics, when found, be turned over immediately to the Ministry of Antiquities, Mm -hmm. for which the finder is paid a fair price. However, there are, shall we say, uh, temptations which sometimes lead the finder to withhold the relic and sell it on the black market for a much higher price. You see. Well, let's get back to the diorite bowl. Uh, Mr. Jordan, such is the case with the finder of the new diorite bowl. It came to our attention only recently when he moved to sell it on the black market. What's his name? El Mamad. A good friend of yours, I believe. I thought so. Why come to me, Kasha Bey? You must know where he lives. Oh, why indeed, Mr. Jordan. If we asked, would he not deny? Then in his fear, might he not dispose of it quickly and perhaps even destroy it? At all costs, we must preserve this rare antique. Oh, that makes sense. What about the police? We prefer that they remain out of it until the bowl is quite safe with us. Otherwise, the consequences might be serious. And what am I, the go-between? Correct, Mr. Jordan. As an intermediary, you are a most wise choice. Please, please assure El Mama that we have no desire to prosecute. The Ministry of Antiquities wants only the diorite bowl, and at once. How do I convince him? That should be easy. We are still willing to pay a nominal fee, uh, 1,000 pounds, which... I leave with you in this envelope, Mr. Jordan. Oh, wait a minute, Kashyapay. I haven't agreed to all this yet. Oh, for a friend, Mr. Jordan, please think it over. Once you have purchased the bowl from El Mamad, you will bring it to me at Talbot House. Until then, Mr. Jordan, I bid you goodbye. Kashyapay turned and walked out without a second look at the bulky envelope he had laid on the table in front of me. 
I picked it up, put it in my pocket, went into my office, and finally put my call through to Captain Sam Sabaya. But by the time he answered, I wasn't sure what I wanted. Cairo Police, Sabaya speaking. Oh, uh, hello, Sam. It's Rocky. Oh, Rocky. What is on your mind? I'm uh, wondering if you have much contact with the Ministry of Antiquities. Naturally, Jordan. In a nation such as Egypt, it is the most important branch of the government. We work very closely with them. Mm -hmm. Any trouble with a black market in antiques? Most assuredly. We are doing everything we can to control it, but a most ticklish business, I might add. Oh, why? You must realize that antiquities are of intangible value and must be preserved at all costs. The police take a hand only when other efforts have failed. Uh, who's Kasha Bay at the ministry? Jordan, there are a great number of employees at the ministry. Do you expect me to know all their names? Tell me, why do you ask? You ever hear of the Deorite Bowls? The Deor... There is such a relic in the museum. Yeah, but another one, about to get on the black market, maybe. Jordan, it is time now that you explain the purpose of your questioning. And at once. Oh, just working a crossword puzzle, Sam. Thanks. <laughs> Well, so far, Kasha Bay's story checked. And the place to get the rest of it was from El Mama himself, out at his apiary. So I kept the money in my pocket and went out the back door to go for my car. All at once, I wasn't alone. So the wall, Jordan. Quick. The point of his heavy knife at my throat meant business, and I backed up like he said. He was the pudgy, shifty-eyed character I'd seen earlier that morning following Sharon. He was wearing elevator shoes now, but it didn't help. Uh, we meet at last, Jordan. Watch out, you'll cut yourself. Or you. Silence now. I get what I want. Even if it takes following little native girls? You'll keep your hands back while I search. I warn you, this knife... Why didn't you send the Turk around? He gets rough, too. The Turk, I do not know. I got news for you. He didn't find anything. But I find something, do I not? <laughs> An envelope filled with Egyptian pounds. You will need this no more. Look, whatever your name is. But I thought with this you were going to the home of El Mamad. Forget the boy. Oh, was it? I do not like it. Tell me some more. I do not like you, Jordan. I tell you to keep out of this. I tell you to return to your cafe. And you keep the money. I do. I keep the money and give you warning, Jordan. I grabbed for his knife hand and he darted back, the knife clattering to the ground behind him. He whirled and picked it up by the blade, and as I dived in, he swung. The handle glanced off my head the first time, the next time squarely across the face. My knees hit the dirt, and he swung again. Then I clawed at the cobwebs, waiting for the knife, but the blackness got there first. Del Monte Foods is presenting tonight's adventure with Rocky Jordan. Pass the ketchup, please. That sounds familiar, but it means so much more when you say, Pass the Del Monte ketchup, please. Yes, it means so much more, because Del Monte ketchup does so much. Adds so much zesty, hearty flavor to the foods everybody likes. That's because Del Monte ketchup is made with pineapple vinegar. Pineapple vinegar. Yes, pineapple vinegar. The big secret of Del Monte ketchup flavor. Pineapple vinegar is one of the big reasons Del Monte catsup is livelier and more satisfying. Catsup experts say the finer the vinegar, the better the catsup flavor. And pineapple vinegar is superlative vinegar. It has a special way of bringing out every bit of tomato flavor in catsup. It blends perfectly with the special herbs and spices to make the liveliest catsup that ever pleased a man. Yes, pineapple vinegar is the big flavor secret in Del Monte catsup. 
For real spiced tomato goodness, I wouldn't be without Del Monte catsup. It really makes plain food come to life. And for all its goodness, Del Monte catsup costs less than many other quality brands. Try Del Monte catsup. You'll like it. Now we take you back to Cairo and tonight's Rocky Jordan story, The Diorite Bowl. When things began to clear, I was still lying in the alley. My first thought was for the thousand pounds Kasha Bay had given me. As I reached for my inside pocket, I remembered it was gone. So was the pudgy man with a knife. It was somebody else bending over me. Cindy Jordan... Sharon, how did you get here? My father and I came most urgently to see you. It's about time. Where is he? What your face is, Sandy. You have been hurt. Get your father, Sharon. My father? It is the Jordan Bay. Come quickly. He has been waiting in the street. Oh, oh my good Sandy Jordan. What have they done to you? Forget about me, Elmama. I want to know some things about a diorite bowl. Uh, Then you have already learned. That's right. You're in trouble, El Mamad. I know. That is why my daughter and I decided to come and accept your offer of help. What I would tell you brings me only shame. Well, go on. Some time ago, I unearthed in my fields the bowl of which you speak. I was aware at once of its priceless value and hid it away. Didn't you know the law says you turn such relics over to the authorities? They'll pay. I knew, my Effendi, I knew. But I... I am a most poor man. I knew that I could sell elsewhere for a much greater sum. Finally, after much hesitation, I approached a certain man in Cairo and arranged for the sale. A short, pudgy man, continental dress? Ah, as you say. His name is Varios. I agreed to deliver the bowl at the time of payment. But then I began to realize my wrong and sent word to Varios that I had changed my mind. Only you changed it too late. Varios sent the Turk out to convince you. But even before that... I had received most violent threats. I was chilled to my bargain. You can understand my fear. I knew not what to do. I can tell you that, El Mamad. You will help me lend my offending? Well, it's simple. Turn over your dear right bowl to the government right away. This is my wish. But Jordan Bay. They I... won't prosecute. I have their promise. Then you have talked with them about this. Kasha Bay of the Ministry of Antiquities came to see me about it. He's waiting for an answer. Then you may tell him that I am ready. Just one thing, El Mamad. The money Kasha Bay gave me to pay is gone. Barrios took it from me. So, the will of Allah, it is just punishment for my great wrong. I took El Mahmoud and his daughter Sharon up to my room over the tambourine and told them to wait there. My only job now is to get Kasha Bay and bring him together. I picked up the phone and changed my mind and decided to go get him just in case. Just as I got out the door to the street, a black limousine pulled up and a familiar figure stepped to the curb. Jordan. Oh, hello, Sam. I was just leaving. A moment, a moment. I've come for a word with you. Sure, what about? I think you very well know. Not more than an hour ago, you phoned me regarding a relic known as the Diorite Bowl. One not now in the hands of the government. When I questioned your interest, I got nothing. I told you, Sam. What you said was only evasion. Such as I have come to expect of you, Jordan. Now listen to me. There is something going on, and I intend to know what it is. Don't let me stop you. So, still you will tell me nothing. 
It would, of course, be futile at this point to warn you away from what does not concern you. And we're both wasting time, aren't we, sir? Yeah. Sam got back into his car and drove away, and I headed for the Talbot house. I wasn't more than two blocks on my way when I noticed Barrios, the guy who had cuffed me around in the alley, following behind. I decided to shake him. It took only a few blocks, and I reached the Talbot house. I told Kasha Bay El Mamad was waiting. Right away, he came with me back to the tambourine. We all sat down in my office, and Kasha Bay was all business. El Mamad, uh, Mr. Jordan tells me that you are ready to turn over to us the deer I bought. I trust in Jordan Bay's counsel, Casa Bay. I still say you'd better do it, El Mamad. As you advise, Effendi. We hold to our promise not to prosecute. Once the bowl is in the hands of the ministry, neither you nor we need ever speak of this again. El Mamad knows the money's gone. Most regrettable, but it cannot be helped now. Unless we call on the police and tell no, them... No, no, that... I beg you, for the sake of my daughter and I, let us have this done quickly. Very well. Where is the bowl? I... He did well, where none would suspect. My father speaks truly, Kashyapi. Where is it? The deorite bowl is in one of the hives of my apiary. In this hive, there are no bees, but the bowl is there and safe. And how does one know which hive? It is marked with paint, a cross of yellow. You are telling the truth this time. Before Allah, it is so. Sir... Now, wait a minute. Who's out there in the cafe? You may see for yourself, sir. I enter Kasha Bay. Hold the gun on him, sir. Do not let them move. They will not move. Jordan, it is the rude man who come to my house. What does this mean? Since when does this big Turk work for you, Kasha Bay? Since the beginning of this, Jordan. Is it not yet clear? Yes. For one thing, you're not with the Ministry of Antiquities at all. But, my effendi, did you not tell me that... Sure, Al-Mamad, I told you. Looks like I sold your phony bill of goods most conveniently for me, Jordan. Now, uh, allow no one to enter or leave this room until you hear from me. I invite them to try, Kasha Bey. The Turk stood menacingly with a gun as Al-Mamad drew Sharon to him and sat with bowed head. Kasha Bey stepped to the alley door, opened it, and went out. And I stood wondering how I'd let myself be suckered into a deal like this. Looked like we were in for a long wait, but I was wrong again. The shots had come from the alley. We all whirled, and that included the Turk with a gun. I grabbed the chance and slammed down on his arm. He dropped the gun, and I came up with it just that quick. I held an eye as I opened the door and glanced out to see Kasha Bay sprawled face down in the alley, and the back of Barrios running far down as he turned into the street. I knew he'd heard the whole conversation from the window, and I knew where he was going. Tell him, you hold a gun. If it needs be, Effendi. Take this one here and hold it on the Turk. Shoot if he moves. That I will do also. And Sharon? Yes, Jordan Get Bay. to the phone there on my desk and call Captain Sam Sabaya, the Cairo police. Tell him to rush some men over here to pick up the Turk in Kasha Bay. And tell him I said to hop out to your father's apiary the quickest way he can. Most quickly I will call the captain. Most quickly. Right away I was out and driving across Cairo Pass, knowing that Barrios was doing the same. It seemed like every camel and donkey and jalopy in Egypt was on the streets to slow me down. Finally, I was out on the winding road leading south. Just at dusk, I pulled up the hill past El Mamad's house. I got out and ran down the hill toward the apiaries, and I saw that Varios was already there. He had just lifted one of the hives and was picking up a small bowl from underneath. I kept right on going, weaving cautiously around the hives filled with bees already settling for the night. Varios saw me and started backing up, carefully at first. Have a care, Jordan. No one will take the bowl from me. I kept closing in, still no weaving toward him. You. 
Keep back, Jordan. Do not try. I'm getting close, time. too close for Barrios. I watched his hand go to his pocket. As it came out with a gun, I ducked. They missed, but the crack of the gun brought the bees swarming violently from the hives toward the sound. I kicked over a hive for good measure and was running. I made it away with only a couple of stings, and when I got where it was safe to look around, I saw Barrios scrambling away down the hill, slapping wildly at the bees that covered him like a thick-moving blanket. Suddenly, he stumbled and fell rolling. And that's when the bowl flew from his hand, struck a rock, shattered into a million pieces. In just a moment, Rocky Jordan returns to conclude tonight's story. You know, folks, the best way to find out the real value of a cooking sauce is to ask experienced cooks who use it. You see, there's a mighty good reason why Del Monte tomato sauce has been a favorite with good cooks for a whole generation. Let Mrs. U.E. Smalley of Pasadena, California, tell us about it. She said, Why, well, I guess I've used hundreds of cans of Del Monte tomato sauce during the past 26 years. I wouldn't be without it. You like to use a product you know is dependable, and that is certainly true of Del Monte tomato sauce. Every can is nice and smooth. Nobody needs to tell me that Del Monte tomato sauce is made from ripe tomatoes and fine spices. Its flavor tells me that. Food that tastes good does you more good, I always say. And my tomato sauce recipes are family favorites. Del Monte's extra flavor makes any dish better. Thank you, Mrs. Smalley. Yes, in tomato sauce, it's the flavor that counts. And the rich, spiced tomato flavor of Del Monte tomato sauce brings out all the best flavor of the food you cook with it. Del Monte tomato sauce is so low in cost, too, yet it does such big things for dishes like stew, spaghetti, and hash. Next time you go shopping, buy the original tomato sauce, Del Monte. Back now to Rocky Jordan for the conclusion of tonight's story. Well, Sam Sabai and his men showed up a couple of minutes later. We grabbed some head nets and got... Um, we even... Not back, Leo. Uh, uh, yeah, Danny? You think the wanderlust can lead you back to your desk? Huh? Oh, I think it can. Go on, try it, Tagli. Close the door gently on your way out. Roger. We'll call. There was nothing to do after that except think about it. And the process didn't lend itself well to the old familiar scars and the gently falling dust of police headquarters. I went outside. I almost made it to the sidewalks of the civilians. The water opened it all. Pulled alongside of me and stopped. And the door opened and Officer Florio leaned toward me. Hey, Danny. Yeah? What do you want? Come on, Johnny. Come inside. 34th Street, east side. Right in the subway. magazine stand. Three policemen in uniform held back a crowd whose face looked like it had a veil drawn over it. And between the subway trains and the soft pluckings of the mob, a man in a brown ready-made suit shouldered his way. Hi, Danny. Here, come on. Hold my hand. I'll get you through this barrier of curious onlookers. What happened, Muggerman? Uh, 
guy stretched out on the bench. It happened to him. Well, what did? And he was pushed into the side of a moving subway train. Witnesses? Yeah, that lady with the bundles, the brown paper bag. Uh-huh. Uh, Brief me, Madeline. Well, according to her, she just put a dime in a turnstile. She sees this man here standing near the edge of the platform reading the newspaper. And all of a sudden... Uh, did you hear me, Danny? Yeah, try it again. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyhow, a guy walked up and back and pushed him against the train. The guy ran before anyone knew what happened. The man on the bench, identification? Oh, yeah, plenty of that. Uh, hotel key, driver's license, social security card, large cards. It works. Yeah, okay. Who is it? Uh, uh, right here. Uh, name is uh, Arthur Walker, a traveling salesman of shoes, employed by the Black Parrot Shoe Company. A letter in his pocket indicates he was here on a buying trip. Where did he check in? Uh, anything on that? Uh, yeah. Victor's uh, Hotel on 47th Street. I know the place, Danny. Respectable. Did you find out where this Arthur Walker came from? I've been itching for you to ask me, Danny. Arthur Walker came from London, Iowa. <laughs> I beg your pardon, I'm what... sorry, sir. We can't register you with our baggage, unless, of course, you pay in advance. You can do that? Uh, I can do even better. Look. Oh. A policeman? Uh, that's what the badge says, doesn't it? I'm quite nearsighted. You might be from the gas company. Yeah, I might. You're the guest here. Arthur Walker. Oh, he's one of most, our most desirable clients, Mr. Walker is. Whenever he makes a buying trip to New York, he comes to our hostelry. The Vickers. In the Vickers chain. Had a guest. But we still have him. No. He's dead. Murdered. But that's shocking. Positively shocking. Poor Mr. Walker. He was always so generous. Never said goodbye without money in his palm, never. Tell me more about him. Oh, he's a shoe salesman. He gave me a sample pair once. His demands were polite, modest. Only once did he call on me, the manager, personally. What did he call on you for? For a ridiculous tourist type of thing. He wanted me to arrange a ticket for him on some acne sightseeing tour. A sophisticated man like Mr. Walker in shoes and so on. When was this? Hmm? The tour. When was it? Let me think. Why, uh, it was the day before yesterday. That's it, the day before. Anything else? Nothing. Uh, except your carnations, wilted manager. Hey, Danny, I'm enjoying myself. Yeah, I'm glad you are, Muggerman. This acne bus tour up nooks and down the crannies of old Manhattan is a revelation to me. I'm enjoying it, but I don't get it. Two men we know of took this ride. One saw a murder. Another got pushed in front of a subway train. Maybe oh, some are right, ladies and gentlemen. We see the edifice known as the Radio City Music Hall. The fact to remember about this place is that in the lobby, there is a mechanical boy that once an hour sings the song of the Mexican Nightingale, the original Spanish language. Also in the lobby, there are many... It is possible to negotiate for the purchase of Florida Pompano, lump crab meat, jumbo shrimp, fresh It's just a coincidence, Danny. What can happen on a sightseeing tour has to do with two murders? I don't know. Maybe just what you said, a coincidence. On either side of the street, ladies and gentlemen, we present the Bowery. 
with the shopkeepers of Chinatown has arranged a delightful side tour, during which you will be able to buy valuable and rare examples of Oriental art at wholesale prices. Please follow me. We too, Danny? Uh, just you, Margaret. Huh? Uh-huh. How long do you think it would take to get over to the house where Ann Cornell was strangled to 1st Avenue and 35th? Uh, by subway? Maybe seven minutes? Yeah, about that. That'll give a sightseer plenty of time to commit a murder and get back here to become a sightseer again. Wouldn't it, Marjorie? Huh? Wouldn't it, Marjorie? Enjoy Chinatown, kid. I'm going to try it. Marjorie was wrong. The trip took eight minutes. But on the way up to Ann Cornell's room, there was a delay. A woman who told me she was the manager asked me what I wanted. I said the room of Ann Cornell and showed her my badge to underline the point. She said Miss Cornell's room had been rented to a piano teacher because it had a piano in it. She said, listen. Then she said, see? I did. The story is The DeMarco Affair. For real country corn patch flavor, buy Del Monte corn. Golden cream style or whole kernel. Both styles, both Del Monte. Both mighty fine. One thing more. Your Red Feather Community Chest Organizations need your help. Give generously during this campaign. Remember, everybody benefits when everybody gives.
Larry Thor speaking. Rocky Jordan is presented over CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.